Hi, my name is Hans Peter Meyer, and I'm the host of the Men's Work Podcast, where you'll find interviews with men and with women. You'll find yoga classes, you'll find reflections, you'll find a lot of material to hopefully help you move through the tests that life has handed you end of marriage, loss of job, marital relationship stress, fatherhood, just being overwhelmed. It's a lot. So listen, if you need to talk, I've got no charge mini coaching sessions at menswork.ca. Enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Hans Peter Meyer, and I am here for another episode or another conversation. This time for men with a man's coach, among other things. Leroy Gordon has kindly joined me today. And we're going to talk about a number of things, but uh, one of them is the four archetypes that he uses in in his men's work. And I'll let him elaborate on that. But first, I want everybody who's listening to this, who may have joined us late, on the pod on the live show and whoever's joining us on the podcast to just close your eyes for a couple of minutes pay attention to how you're sitting tucking your chin lifting your chest slightly rolling your shoulders back a little bit just taking three long deep breaths and just remembering why you are here. Okay, and then after your last breath, just open your eyes and join us. So I've asked Leroy, and I'm going to keep wanting to say, and I've already talked to him about this. He knows he's going to laugh. He's think I'm an idiot or something for doing this. But I, I can't help but want to say le roi, the, the king, which is one of the archetypes. And I'm sure we'll get into that. So excuse me if I drop into that. Um, it's not because of my, any kind of French background or because I live in Canada. It's just because I, I love names. I love the kind of legacy that they can leave for us if we choose to pay attention to that. Um, And I'm just going to back up a bit. I just asked everybody to spend a couple of breaths remembering why they're here. I'm here because this holding, creating a space for men to talk about the kind of things we do 
And then on a regular basis, inviting women in as part of a co-ed group to, to talk to us and for us to be able to ask questions is important. Basically is a, an awareness thing, like becoming more conscious. So when I ask you to take breaths, it's partly because I need to take the few breaths to just ground myself in this space as a host and to remember to listen. Um, I don't know if you, if any of you listening do your own podcasts or if you run businesses or stuff, it's often, it's really easy for me to have this, I've got a mission, I've got a purpose and a goal. And along the way, I find it really easy to stop listening. Stop listening to others. And that's, you know, it's really sad, the things that I've lost by not listening to people who are close to me. But the saddest thing is when I've stopped listening to myself. And I think for me, that's the biggest part of this work, or that's, you know, is, is learning to listen to myself to or listen to ourselves as men. Because I've been writing about this recently, just the pursuit of success gets in the way of actually knowing ourselves and knowing what makes us happy. But that's my little preamble. So I'm going to ask you, you know, Leroy, I asked you to come here to talk about the four archetypes that you work with, with men. Yeah. Um, but first I want to know a little bit about who you are and, but mostly I want to know like what brought you to this work? Like, why do, why do you choose to work with men? What's, what's in it? Definitely. Definitely. And I, I'd love to, to say during the, the drop-in moment at the beginning there, like my, my kind of what I'm here for today, specifically, definitely the word that popped up was connection. And uh, like, again, so hard to, to stay, I don't know, keep that present, keep that front of mind. Uh, but that's really what it's about connecting with the community of men. Uh, because in that community, that's where we find support. That's where we find growth. That's where we find challenges and such. Uh, so getting to connect with you uh, has been super powerful, just, you know, in our little bit of exchange that we've had, uh, even today, uh, and then the few times on Instagram as well. Um, men's work, what brought me to men's work? Uh, I kind of started a personal development journey development journey probably I was around 25 I'm 33 now and just a couple of, of short programs uh, in that time and by the time I was maybe 28 I decided like I like really dig this I want to help people have better more productive more fulfilling lives and um, during kind of you know learning how to do that I read no more Mr. Nice Guy and um, I honestly don't really identify super strong with the nice guy kind of archetype, uh, but definitely had some nice guy tendencies going on. I remember just very distinctly towards the end of the book, he's like, every man should be in a men's group. So I went and found myself a men's group. And that was very, uh, very important to me. And I think I originally joined the men's group with ideas of like being hyper productive like like how how do i produce more how do i you know get accountability like i i, I felt as if my men's group would be like almost more of a 
like a business men's group, something along those lines, like a, a group of guys who's going to help me kind of just be accountable to building my business that I'm still building here today. And I did not find that. Like, and I, I grew to like realize that's not exactly what I wanted. And could the group be that? Absolutely. But the group is just so much more. And, you know, I found friends for the, the kind of friends that I hadn't had in a long time maybe since high school, like guys that I really wanted to connect with, really was interested in, really wanted to support. Um, and I found myself like shoved right into a healing journey of my own that has taken many twists and turns over the last couple of years that I've, I've been inside of a group. Yeah. I'm just going to interrupt because I'm, you know, one of my, uh, I was part of a, a, a big men's health conversation recently, and mm. and uh, the focus was on suicide, which is a huge issue for mm. for men, and and it's silent because, of course, we don't talk to anybody, and yeah. so people don't know what's going on. But one of the things that that they that the researchers were saying was, if one of the guys in your group is not showing up for stuff, like if you normally go for beers once a week, and he's just kind of like not, I don't want to go. Like, don't take it automatically like it's a sign of suicide, but take the opportunity to reach out. Now, you said something about like when you were in high school, when you were a teenager, you had some kind of connection with guys somehow, like then you find yourself in your late 20s and you're like wanting that again. I went through a period I'm about when I was about your age where my best friend uh, died. Uh, I was, um, I was lucky, you know, I, I, uh, I had, a, I had a couple of guys who were eight, nine years older than me, who that helped me get through a lot of the, the kind of confusion that, that I was seeing around me that I was feeling in my twenties. So I had these older guys who were, had their shit together more or less, or certainly yeah. more than I, that I did. And then all of a sudden I was without my, my main guy and I actually started to go out and I, I think of it now as dating. Like I knew a bunch of good guys, but I wasn't close to them. So I started going, you know, doing stuff with them, like going for setting up walks or whatever. And, and over time I, I connected with, you know, what's now a handful of guys who I really trust. But when I look back at my teen years, I, I don't know if I had guys who I really, I had guys who I hung out with. Mm -hmm. I had guys who we went through a lot of stuff together and maybe I trusted them, but it was, it was so, and, and most of that got blown out of the water by our drinking and out and drugs and all that kind of shit. So I'm curious, what did you have as a teenager? How did you like, how was that lost and how was it yeah. different now? Oh yeah. Um, at the football team. That was that was the biggest oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this the other day. And I was like, how did I get become so close to my friend, my high school friends that, you know, I have a few of them that are still very close friends, but you know, we're scattered to the winds. Everyone lives over here, lives over there. We see each other around the holidays and, you know, maybe I'll take a trip here and there. Um, but it was that kind of that, that team thing, you know, when you're doing a sport and you're working really hard mm. and you're suffering together and it kind of bonds you, you know, and yep. that's how I really had that. And I had the team and, you know, even though football was a fall sport, like we were the football team the whole year round, you know, we played our other sports together, you know, we play football all the time, even out of the season and just like, just constantly bond, 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 you know, 
graduation happens everybody goes their separate ways and you know reconnection happens pretty much like it's it started even then <laughs> it was just like all right i see you this holiday i'll see if you take a trip home and whatnot you know um so going from that to pretty much nothing and having to like rebuild in college and i didn't really have a classic college experience um definitely had me separate from guys and you know any of my experiences maybe during my 20s uh, i did i did have other sports and other experiences that brought other men into my life uh but they were kind of like very touch and go it wasn't like an everyday thing it wasn't a we're always practicing together sort of thing it was like okay we get these events you know we'll be at these events uh and kind of keeping the relationships going through that but without the you know jujitsu without the wrestling these are the other things that i did um without that like our relationship was uh kind of <laughs> sorry my zoom is okay. a rude filter thing um our relationship was just kind of based on the thing and not mm. the connections that we had made uh as friends and you know, while we may talk about some deeper topics here and there, uh, that wasn't necessarily part of the deal and what our friendship was about. And mm -hmm. that all said, you know, these guys still didn't have any tools to really know how to connect or maybe be interested in connecting. Me personally, like, it was just like, you're a guy, like, we'll go lift together. Maybe we'll go get some lunch. Maybe we'll complain about our girlfriends, but like really going deep, that, that's not necessarily gonna happen. Today, yeah, well, uh, the yeah. group definitely is like, oh, that's what we're here for, to go deep, you know? And can All we right. do those other things? Of course, if you want to. But on group time, that's what we're here to do, you know? Right. So are you still with the, the group that you started with? Or did, did that hmm. change? Did... So um, so I'm in a men's group with uh, Arca Brotherhood which uh, Vancouver based and kind of spread in all over the place now. So I was uh, a participant in that group. And about uh, around July, I took over as the leader of that group. So that group's been going, um, we'll be going, we'll get three years in, uh, I believe this September. So still in the same group, stepped up into leadership in that group. Right, so ARCA is internet-based. So it is part internet, part online, uh, so mm. the same thing, part online, part in person. Mm. So right. uh, really spreading the love through the online groups and creating leaders through the online groups who then move on to create their own in-person groups. So for ARCA, I am, you know, in the process of developing an in-person group here in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So give whoever's listening give them the website where they can go to find out about arca oh yeah it's just www.arcabrotherhood.com and all the information is right and arca there. arca is spelled a r r k a dot com yes arca okay. brotherhood right mm -hmm. so did is so is that where you found them like you found this group online or did you find a an in-person group so I found this group online. 
uh, and it was I, I searched men's group <laughs> online, and it might have been the second hit. And back at the time, it was named the Samurai Brotherhood. Right. Um, they changed the name probably less than a year ago for you know all the reasons, something to be more in alignment with the vision and where the company was going. Uh, but what attracted me in the first place, it was like, oh, samurai, cool, like <laughs> you know, warrior stuff. I, I dig that. So uh, I just hopped on in, found the first group that was available, and they were uh, starting one maybe less than a month from when when I found the group. And that was that pretty easy, pretty easy one. Right. So was there an in person group in where you were living? Oh, I, I well, so I, when I joined, it was kind of like, everything was kind of weird from COVID still, you know, right. so right. if there was, it was probably not like really going down stuff in Chicago. I wouldn't say the restrictions were, were very strict by time I was in a group. Um, but, you know, in person stuff, everybody was pretty, pretty, you know, touchy touchy about it. So I didn't really look that hard to see if there was anything in person. Right. So this is something so I live in a small community here. You know, like a, a, a very small community and we've had we're not very far from we're, we're like five hours drive from Vancouver, basically mm -hmm. ferry and drive. Um, but Vancouver is really close. So we're, we're still kind of in that. I mean, the reason lots of stuff happens on the West coast is or what I see it is all the weirdos keep moving West, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the, and the West coast of the Island is probably like the weirdest of the weird in Canada. Yeah. You know, California, Washington, the same yeah. Oregon, you know, for you guys. So all kinds of stuff comes up there. So we've got, you know, we, we've had in-person men's groups in my community. I guess the first time I, yeah, it would have been about 30 years ago. Mm. So, um, and, and, and there already were groups happening at, at the time around here. So there were in-person things. Now, what's interesting I mean, and, and I know there's a, there's a small men's group. Well, it actually sounds like it's pretty big from the last reports. Um, the Mankind Project, another big, you know, as far as I know, it's North American. Maybe it goes beyond that. But, yeah. uh, you know, somebody came up with that model and, and it spread. And so there are men finding each other and, 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 and sitting together. Um, but... Uh, and and also during COVID, that that group was was doing some online stuff, and a lot of guys that I've talked to really don't like doing the online stuff. And I and I just want to say that, yeah, okay, I mean, I get it. You know, it's it's good to actually be live, you know, in the same breath space and all that kind of stuff. But if you can't find a, a men's group in your community, don't hesitate to go online. Definitely you will find some kind of connection and you will find guys who are going through what you've gone through. And it's not just about complaining about your girlfriend, which is like, as you said, I mean, that's mostly how we related when I was younger, you know, about, you know, that was a place to start with, you know, it was either like whatever we were doing physically, whatever work we were doing or whatever sport we were doing, or it was complaining about our girlfriends. Um, so the, if you're just here just for the first time thinking about or listening to talk about men's group um, and there's not one in your community, uh, give the online option a chance. Yeah. And then 
as Leroy, you know, has said, I mean, there's support to, to step into leadership to start creating that kind of in real life experience in your community if it's not happening already. And it doesn't have to be a big group. It can be one other guy, you know, two other guys just meeting for coffee and talking about what's going on and not complaining about the girlfriend because she's just letting you know that something's not right in your life. You know, that's absolutely it's like, anyway. Uh... I, I, yeah. I just want to like make the point that <laughs> one, yeah, she's letting you know there's something wrong in your life. And it's like, it's like the evolution is like from complaining about your girlfriend to like, what's she trying to tell me? Like, how can I grow from this? How can I support her more? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's a, an, an evolved complaint to like a, a problem solving, like kind of a kind of mindset with that. And then like with the online group, I will say like with Arca, one of the things is it's like, if there's a in-person group that pops up in your city and it's a reasonable distance, they're like, all right, you're kicked out of the online, you gotta go join the in-person. Like there is something to be said about that being in that same space and being able to touch that man, you know, being able to actually hold that man if it, if it comes down to it. So that's definitely a big part of the values and leadership's a big part of the values. So it's like, you know, the online group, it's like, so we can spread this work to as many people as possible. But when you have the opportunity to go in person and and even be the person who creates that space, is that's like the next level of, of stepping into leadership. And like it it comes, it goes from not being as much about the development of the group, but that being your next level of development as well. So it's a it's a fucking awesome thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank that. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, you are running, besides being in a leadership role in ARCA, besides being in a men's group, you are offering programs. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you want to just talk briefly about that? And then let's dive into how you use this for archetype stuff. So yeah. tell me what, tell me what you're doing. Yeah. So currently I am, so developing the in-person group for Arca is like a big part of what I'm doing right now. There's my dream to also do that for my own, like myself and my brand and my own development without any extra help. Um, currently offering a, just like a, a smaller kind of support, support space, like a chat, just like guys who have trouble opening up, like you can just drop some stuff in here, you know, you can just drop some stuff in the chat, like nobody knows you and they all want to support you like that. That's really what I'm trying to develop at this point in time. And my first course that I've ever created actually comes out today. I'm still sorting out a few of the technical things, but it's the links and all that stuff uh, have been created. And and in that course, uh, use the four, four archetypes is a good good chunk of the work that's done in the course, along with some other belief stuff. Yeah. Okay. Before you go on, give us the the URL for your how we sign up for that. Oh yeah, that's like one of those complicated URLs. But oh, okay. uh, on my Instagram, which I'll, I'll drop my Instagram handle at the end. You can find the link in the bio, and it's it's very lit up and, and easy to find. Uh, but it is my confidence and connection course, which is just that you know really helping men step into confidence and creating greater connection in their lives through that. And I, I truly believe in the four archetype model to to kind of get guys who are definitely men who are new to men's work, especially uh, get them going, kind of loosen the tongues up a little bit of, and learn how to open up uh, in, a, in a smaller, more intimate setting that kind of can, I guess, grease the wheels is, is a good term for it. So it's a, it's a good start for guys who are just kind of stepping into this journey. Okay, well, let's, um, 
let's hear how you what are the four archetypes where do they come from why do you use them or, yeah you told so, us a bit about why so but how how do you use them yes yeah so the robert l moore book uh king warrior magician lover uh are the four archetypes and uh, the way I use them is I kind of, you know, break them down. So they're the four archetypes. If you guys don't know about it, it's kind of like four parts of yourself uh, that you can look at this. And if you round these four parts out uh, and how men can use them anyway, if you can round those four parts out and achieve balance in each of those archetypes, you will ideally be kind of a balanced man, a healthily masculine man. Uh, so using those archetypes and I first learned about the archetypes in my own work that I got to do inside of Arca and there are a few different shares we do or, or chairs and we call them uh, the warrior chair king chair for example and you get to sit in the hot seat you get to tell the other men in the circle why you embody the archetype and you get the beautiful gift of feedback on why you don't embody the archetype. And then they come back and tell you why you do embody the archetype in the ways they see you. Um, so I kind of, I love that opportunity. It's always a like powerful process, fiery process uh, in a lot of ways, but also a very open-hearted and loving process before things are kind of set and done with the, that particular share. Uh, but I kind of looked at it and I was like, okay, how, how can an individual take these archetypes and learn from them and grow from them and essentially you know take each archetype you know make sure you have a, a solid understanding on what each archetype represents and then kind of look at your life and that archetype and how it's gone uh so far and the questions that i like to ask are you know rate yourself on a scale of one to ten and then ask yourself how you the archetype has shown up in your life uh in the, the the balanced powerful way how the archetype has shown up in your life in the unbalanced or shadow way each archetype has its kind of uh passive shadow side and active shadow side what's up <laughs> well can we do a test run like we you and i haven't yeah. talked about this so we're just yeah. making this up okay so <laughs> So maybe I'm the guy in your group and you're like leading me through this. So now you you say, okay, what would you say? So I'm, I'm going to step yeah. in one of these chairs and you're going to yeah. like, okay. Okay. Uh, so for, for what I'm talking about, instead of the actual uh, king share, warrior share, lover share, I'm, I'll kind of ask you the questions. Uh, okay. So let's say we'll talk about the warrior archetype. Um, what's your understanding of the warrior archetype, Hans? Well, it's just... Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, partly because I have a real struggle with this, with the way warrior is used to market so much of the men's mm. stuff. So it's a good one I picked then. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. I mean, I, I have definitely felt at times like, um, so my resistance to, let's just start with my resistance. Mm is that it's about struggle and uh you know i i i've certainly had struggles in my life and i've had to pull you know go deep to to do that stuff um my favorite struggle story is in my late 20s having a brand new girlfriend tell me i'm pregnant <laughs> and um and me going okay like 
I don't know you, but I am committed to whatever your decision is around this child. You know, if you decide to have this child, then I'm, I'm there. And uh, it was scary as shit. She loves to tell the story about how when she told me that she was pregnant, she just watched the color, you know, I just sort of went white, you know, as the blood dropped out of me. So for me to step up to that, and it took me a while, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm dad here. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I mean, I had girlfriends and stuff like that, but I had a shitty... I had not a great model for, I didn't think as a, a father or husband. So I was struggling with that one. So over, so coming through that and then learning and then stepping in. So we had another, we had another child too. That one was planned. It was a really difficult marriage, which really, I was writing about it this morning, actually, because we're, today we're on the eve of me being released from that marriage. Oh, boy. Really? <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> so, like, February 2nd, 1999, yeah, I was expelled from the household. <laughs> um, but, and which was really hard, which was another struggle that I, again, like, I, you know, I just you know, somehow went somewhere deep. And at that point I was in a men's group and that was really helpful. Yeah. Uh, when I was, you know, when I was uh, facing being a dad for the first time, I didn't have a men's group, but I had some older guys around me who I actually went to looking for some depth. Like, how the fuck do I do this? Like, what do I do? And um And then I learned how to be a provider, you know, then it was yeah. like, okay, now I'm because, you know, my, my wife is at home with two little kids and I'm, I'm the guy. And it was something I had resisted all of my, all of my earlier life was, you know, like falling into those kind of roles. Like I didn't want to be in those kind of roles. I wanted things to be equal and I wanted yeah. things, you know, and I very much identified and I still do to the extent that it's possible as a feminist. So I, you know, I wasn't about like trying to like, lock her away barefoot and pregnant somewhere i mean this was a woman who you know had more education than i did was really smart really capable and um but you know okay so for me that that was and then I, the, the work that i you know i was i was also in graduate school and then i was uh, i went into tree planting which is which is struggle yeah. <laughs> on a physical level on a physical and an emotional level, a psychological level, every day getting up and facing this, this physical, very physical job. I mean, the kinesiology people came out and measured tree planters, the crew that I was part of a couple of years before, and apparently we burn calories like Olympic athletes, you know, so... Mm. So I got to, and I liked that. I mean, that was easy for me, you know, like a, a physical struggle. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. something like what it's like to, you know, play football. Like it's this thing to push against, you know? And yeah. so that's where one of my problems comes up with the warrior archetype is because so much of the marketing around men's group is about that, like the warrior. And I'm like, you know, we've most of us find it pretty easy to be get that one down absolutely <laughs> and when we and when we translate that to like looking after our kids or being in a relationship with a a woman especially a woman who's very feminine identified there's you know like the warriors gotta it's not it's 
it's not always a good thing. Yeah. So, so I've been, so I guess the archetype that I've been most attracted to is a different. I, I call it being the husbandman. You know, how do I, mm. how do I play this role of being all those things, but in a way that isn't about battle. It's about, it's about uh, holding the space. Anyway, that's my uh, thing about the warrior. So I, I definitely feel like I can go to that place. Yeah. Um, but it's not a place. And I think the culture really encourages us to go to the place. I mean, you know, fighting, mm -hmm. <laughs> defending, defending, you know, that's a huge issue for us, I think is how do we know when to defend and how to turn that off and be open? So yeah, that's my response to the warrior I question. Think, I, we, I think. I think how do we defend, uh, I, you, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, how do we know when to turn it on, when to turn it off? And there's a lot of like, maybe not the wrong stuff being defended, but like a lot of stuff that could use a strong masculine defense that is ignored <laughs> by by the guys that could could defend it and uh that's something important to bring up i think the you know it being around struggle like i think adding the words maybe your your capacity to endure struggle you know or your capacity to do the hard shit and know that you just got to get it done and uh, the balance right comes when you're not going into the overwork side of things or mm. working too hard or being too much of a warrior right so how how would you say you the the kind of shadow side of being a warrior or were you shied away from struggle knowing that you just had to get it done and you're just like no is that is that part of your life at all or uh another word another key word i really love for the warrior is being direct like, is there an indirectness that you've ever had to deal with um, in your communication, expression, anything along those lines? Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, I, I brought up this, this previous marriage. <clears throat> I think if I would have been more, th this was a woman who needed direct, like direction. You know, she needed me to be more powerful in that way. Um, and I was afraid to be that, partly because of how I'd seen my father be that way and how how painful it was for my my mother. And it was like, I don't I don't want to be that kind of man. Yeah. So I didn't have examples of how to be direct and be in that in that kind of masculine that wasn't um either predatory or dismissive or yeah. So that, you know, definitely, I remember being being part of a, a personal development weekend. And the first thing we, we did an exercise the first night, and I had this flash of being like my father. And then the next day, I had this incredible hangover feeling like this, my body was like, Ugh! and it mm. was, oh, oh, like you were feeling like you were connecting with your dad and how he is. And that made you want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> so you know which brings up a side issue which is that a lot of times when i see men go when they you know when, when i see men go through work or when i lead men through work is there's this weird these weird reactions mm. and um uh and some of that is just you know someone likened it to you're sloughing off the snake skin like just and then you're vulnerable 
And then the first thing you want to do is just do some habitual thing, but you're actually, you're smart enough not to do it, but oh, fuck, I'm so vulnerable right now. What am I going to do? <laughs> Which goes back to why it's important to have men you can trust in your life Big time. to actually say, I, you know, I feel like getting drunk or I feel like running away from the situation or somehow I feel like avoiding what I'm feeling. Mm. So, but you had a question about the, you know, like that, uh, avoiding uh, uh, my interpretation was like avoiding the struggle or avoiding the the conflict or avoiding the directness you know being yeah. indirect and and certainly in that relationship i i was scared i was scared to be direct with this woman she was she was serious you know dragon woman energy and um mm. i mean she was asking for me to come you know to, to bring it and uh, i'm like whoa <laughs> It's hard to yeah. trust it, right? It's hard to trust it, um, depending on who you're dealing with, right? Well, I would say it's hard to trust myself. I couldn't trust myself. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, was get, and I was getting into trouble with her because the way I was bringing it on was in that defensive, reactive kind of way. You know, I was defending myself and then it would turn into, it would turn to violence. You know, I'd be pushing her away just to get out of the way. You know, I'd be... Yeah. You know, like just doing anything basically to, to, to stop her from doing what felt like crazy shit. Mm. And, um, and I, you know, and then her calling me out on violence just became like, then I really shrunk. Then it was like, I can't do anything here instead of like, you know, stepping through that and going, hey, I'm not being, you know, I, I'm just trying to protect you and me and our kids you know like i'm this is what i'm doing yeah. and trust and and then trust me on this because i trust myself well like i didn't trust myself so i wasn't going to do that you know yeah. so yeah feel that before you go forward i guess um another kind of aspect of the warrior that i really love i it might be my favorite aspect um it's it's like the relationship with death and knowing that there is one day that you will die and being driven by the fact that, okay, I might die at any moment and being very driven by your purpose because of that. And it's like, well, there's stuff I want to do in this world. Like I had to fucking do it, like can die at any time. And I just wanted to ask, like, do you have such a relationship with, with death? Is, is there, is there that kind of, that kind of drive in you at all that you've seen? I, I did a program with John Wyland a couple of years ago, and one of his, he, he's got 11 precepts for he, what he calls the conscious warrior. Mm -hmm. And one of them had to do with um, making death your ally. And uh, uh, intellectually, I, I, you know, that, that had come somewhere, I'd heard that before kind of thing. But all of a sudden, it was like, oh, uh, there's some things I need to clean up here. Mm. Like, I need to tidy up some things, because I, I do want to be in that place where when, when death takes me, I'm good. Yeah. And not only am I good, but the people I love are good. Like that they're left in a way that, you know, so, but it's less about um, an idea of purpose. It's more about, well, maybe it is a purpose. It's like, there's, you know, like there, there's some things I need to attend to so that, people are left where they should be mm -hmm. um not where i've left them hanging yeah and i guess i guess that's 
And maybe this moves into one of the other archetypes, but it has to do with just a, a sense of responsibility. Like, what is my legacy here? You know, yeah. and it's not just to conquer and succeed and pursue and stuff. It's um, there's a bunch of hearts out there and a bunch of souls out there um, that, yeah, that I have some, I, have, I still have some things that I need to attend to. Yeah. Awesome, man. So you started with kind of like how, how, you know, understanding of the warrior, how has it kind of shown up in your life? How has the shadow side shown up in your life? And then uh, another question I like to ask is how has this idea, like the healthier ideas of being a warrior, the, the, the providing, the, the not shying away from hard work, the courage, the relationship with death, even like how have those ideas been suppressed? Like what's, in your life has made you be like, oh, no, I shouldn't be that kind of man. Well, I think I've, I've talked about just, yeah. you know, sometimes when that would show up for me, it would be, you know, I was still living in the shadow of my, how I was perceiving my father. Mm. Um, and I know that for lots of guys that I work with, it's like, you know, if dad was a factor in my life, he was a pretty shitty factor mm -hmm. or, or that's how they understand him you know sometimes when we go through the work we start to realize that our fathers are much more complicated yeah. and and having a lot of stuff to deal with that we don't even it's one of the things that's really you know i would try to have these conversations with my father when he you know when he was older i would we went through a, we went we were disconnected from well we're always connected in some way thanks to him actually because I didn't really want much to do with him through my 20s and 30s, but he would persist. Yeah. And then in my 40s, uh, we kind of had this um, romance, you know, and, and um, this honeymoon and, and mm -hmm. lasted, you know, for the next 20 years until he until he passed. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of fun. And I would try to have conversations with him. And uh, it was the hardest thing because... There were some things he just couldn't, he couldn't talk about. He didn't have a vocabulary for it. He didn't, yeah. you know, um, but other things, you know, he, like I, I was able to say to him one time, he was, uh, an, you know, his, his father was an abusive, terrible alcoholic, a, a father and husband, wonderful grandfather, <laughs> but, um, but a real piece of work for his kids. And I said to my dad, you know, your, your siblings, they're all, you're all fucked up. I said, but you're the least fucked up. Like, how did that happen? You know, like, and he said it was because he emigrated when he was 18. So he was able to leave that, that, you know, the hellhole of his, of his upbringing. And he came to this little community where he lived with two of his brothers. And then within a short period of time, he couldn't stand living with his brothers. So he moved in with a neighbor family who were, I found out, well, they, they were like, um, there were this beautiful church going Mennonite family who weren't just, they weren't just fundamentalists. They were like real heart people. Mm. And he, and my dad said, Oh, it's because I met, you know, I, I met this man when I was 18 and I lived with him for whatever, six months or something. And so, and I knew these people because they were in the same community that I grew up in. And I hung out with, with one of their kids for a while. So I had a sense of them being solid people. And, but many years later, quite recently, in fact, you know, my dad had already passed and this woman was still alive. Her husband had died 
but I, I, I made a point of going to see her and, um, and she, you know, she, she remembered me and knew some of the food that I liked, which was great. <laughs> and, and then I was able to say to her, you know, that um, thanks to you and, and your husband, you know, like my life was different. Mm. Like, like you made this huge impact. Um, that's getting way off of yeah no of your, no this, topic, I, but... i'm so happy to, to to hear that and that you get to share that gift with her that's beautiful for you know for her to get to hear after so many years even yeah well but i think I, it's you know, it's one of the legacy things right it's like it's at some point in my life well now it's just important for me to go oh you know there was this person who had a huge impact on my life thank you Mm-hmm. you know that 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 uh the one winter when my wife was pregnant with our second child and we were living in a little cold water shack in the in the woods there was a neighbor guy who was really solid for me you know mm-hmm. and i've been thinking i just need to let him know yeah. like i just need to let him know because he's older than me so you know he could die anytime i could die anytime but i need to let him know and those are the kind of things that um that in terms of the death, mm, oh yeah, you know, and and oh, so man. I I encourage any man at any time in your life when you've got people to thank, like, do that, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we die. Like I've had people, I there there have been people who I want to thank and they've they've passed and I miss them and yeah. you know I feel sorry about that. Mm. The legacy thing is. Um... Definitely, you know, I, I think people like solidly associate that with King archetype, but I think, you know, you look at King archetype kind of description, any writings on it, you can see how the other archetypes kind of funnel into the King archetype. And if I could say legacy kind of like came from any other archetype as well, warrior would definitely be that one because the, the work that they're doing, the struggle that you're doing, the courage that you need to foster is all for something. And I, I do believe that all contributes to that legacy. So that was the suppression question. And, you know, when I asked the, these last two questions, the suppression question and then the support question, like I'm thinking like how society supported it, how people that you were raised by supported, as people that you just encountered supported it, you know, um, you know, social norms, how, how, how's they support it. So uh, suppress was what we just talked about. How would you say uh, the, the values of a warrior have been supported in your life? Well, I've created a couple of businesses, several businesses and organizations, and there's always been huge support, social, societal support for that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downside is, is that I have basically sacrificed relationships on them. Mm. As I put it at one point, you know, I, I sacrificed our relationship on my ego and that, and so for me, the the warrior is a tricky place because my ego gets wrapped up in that so easily. You know, it's it just becomes about what can I achieve? How do I go through this struggle? I was um, so I teach yoga and I'm constantly doing training around this stuff. And I was a couple of several years ago was asked by in in, in a as part of this course I was taking like where where has your will, and this would be warrior stuff, where has that got you something that, that's of lasting value? 
And I, and I was thinking, well, this, 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 you know, and I was thinking, fuck, those things that really matter to me, they were not things that I, they came to me. I didn't, you know, my children, it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to have a family. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm having a family. Yeah. You know, then I did the, then I did what I had to do to, to make that work mm-hmm. or to the best of my ability at the time. It was the same with some of the success in, in business that I've had. Those things, so much of that was, the, was because other people were around me supporting me. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot less to do that. In fact, a lot of the time, my, my will and my this kind of warrior conqueror thing often got in the way of what could have happened in those places. Got it. And that certainly was the case in, you know, my last my last uh, marriage, um, you know, like I, I had a lot of societal support for the warrior stuff I was doing, mm. but I, I was so much in that mode that I, that um, this other part of me was not, I wasn't attending to it. I wasn't attending to her. And um, yeah. It feels like so, that's the thing with 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 any of the, with both of these questions, right? Like, you know, you, your warrior, how is it suppressed? You know, if there was things that were like pushing that warrior down and you were overcoming that suppression somehow, you know, and just like, you know, so the suppression may not, you know, may not have been as effective. And the support may have been like pushing you so far into warrior that it's like, okay, now it's over effective. And now I'm in the kind of a shadow side of it. And it's taking away from me, you know, the the sadist shadow side of, of warrior. Um, so it's like, the suppression support things are just, you know, reflection questions, right. Uh, and it mm-hmm. doesn't always mean that the support was always good. But you know, seeing that the support was there, you know, and where it's like, okay, maybe I didn't need so much support in this, this, this archetype. And maybe now and they in my current life, I need some more support and lover, for example, Uh, just things to notice, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I I look at these things as uh, I use this word a lot, the heuristic device. Mm. So does that mean anything to you? Do you want me to? I am not a very verbose okay, person. So, okay. <laughs> so a heuristic device is just a tool that we use to see things from a different perspective. So that's how yeah. I look at the at the four archetypes. They're like, Man. okay, what if we look at my life through the lens of the warrior or the mm-hmm. king or the lover? So that just, you know, the questions you're asking are very much, it's not like, oh, you're a warrior or you're a king. It's more like, well, what does that tell me about you and how you live your life? So exactly. um, anyway, that, that's what I mean. And there's a bunch of them out there. Like, so you're talking about, you know, you're using the four archetypes there. Are, there's a bunch of other ones that, you know, the, I need to come clean here. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you about was this is because I'm really interested in using the four archetypes in the program that, that I'm doing that later this year. Mm. Um, and so I'm really enjoying this. I'm learning a lot and, um, thank you very much. Of course, man. And, and, great. and I see it as, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's this tool that helps just cast light on what mm-hmm. I'm doing in a different way. You know, it's like me asking my dad about like, how did you, like, he never thought of himself. He probably never thought of himself as being a different kind of father or husband than his siblings. Oh, wow. 
you know, he would have never looked at his life through the lens of, you know, adult being a child, adult child of an alcoholic. Again, that's, you know, there's a lot of people who will kind of create a prescription. Well, if you're that, then this means this and this and this, but I, I'm, I'm more interested in, okay, this probably describes a bunch of behaviors or reasons. So let's look at it through that rather than, okay, now you're in that box. Yes. So that, that's, that's my story. So this is, this is supposed to be about you and what you're doing. So, and I'm supposed <laughs> no, to be, no. and I'm I supposed to be story. learning every, everything I can. So <laughs> <laughs> I love the story. I, and I see a lot of my own story in it, honestly, uh, this similar kind of father situation and, uh, here I am in the thirties, uh, currently like, do I want to talk to him more? Do I, should I text him today? Like, should, should I like do effort to, to have lunch, you know? Um, and I, I, I feel myself like it's, it's like this right now still, you know, very, very complicated relationship. Um, but I, I see a lot of it in, in that. And, uh, I actually had a, a breakfast with him about a year ago. The last time I think we were in person, but we, uh, you know, we, we we've talked on the phone and all that since then, and had a moment of, like, like just just seeing him for the first time. That like, if I could, if I like, could have puked at the time, like kind of like what you mentioned earlier, I probably would have. Because after that meeting, I was just like, what is going on? You know, I've just like have this energy just vibrating, you know. And I think it's the first time that I really like saw him, really came into my own manhood through seeing him. Uh, in that way. Uh, and he described his father in a way that really, to me, said he does not have the language to say what he means, but I fully, like, fully got it. And he said to me, like, oh, he had every respectful thing to say about his dad, but he was like, he was a beast. And like, the look on his face was just like, oh, like, okay, like, he was a very rough person. And perhaps this is you know, why you've gone down the path you have. Uh, so just just interesting. And I, I, I love coming together and talking about fathers too. That's that's another one. And it's definitely in the course too. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I think it's, uh, it's certainly been one of the most important parts of my journey has been recognizing that I was rejecting him recognizing why I was rejecting him and, and that took a long time and then and then having those moments for me it was going to visit him one father's day and uh, so we live in the same town so I actually you know saw him a lot more than you your father yeah. and um, and at that time I was with I was in a marriage with a woman and we danced a lot like we danced a lot. And, uh, and so, you know, he, I was talking a bit about that and, and then he's telling me about this relationship that he had and it's like, yeah, I remember that relationship, you, you know, like that he had, but all of a sudden I understood why it was important. And I, and I was resisting it, you know, like, I don't want to have any, I don't want your relationship to this woman who I did not like to be anything like but I got it, you know, he yeah. loved to dance. He would, he would, he would dance until the late evening. Then he'd go home to bed. He'd get up at four o'clock, you know, go logging all day. He'd come home, he'd get showered up, dressed up in nice clothes and go dancing like several nights of the week. And I was like, I get it now. 
Yeah. I get it. I, I've got this same gene, you know, this crazy want to dance all the time thing. And uh, oh God, I'm just like you, you know, in that way. And it was hard and it was beautiful, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was those. Yeah. Anyway, I, um, how old's your dad? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I think probably mid fifties though. He and my okay. mom are pretty, pretty young when they had me. My mom's 50. Um, he'd probably be 55, something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was a kid when he had you. Which and I despite... didn't start to have compassion for until like the last year or two. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So my dad, I mean, I look at my mom and dad's uh, wedding picture, you know, my mom was 22. He was 21. I mean, he was just, he, he was, he was building our house. I mean, my, my dad was incredible, mm -hmm. but he was just a kid, you know, mm -hmm. like he was just this, I mean, he'd been shaving, but you could see like, you know, he was like his baby skin, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and how was he supposed to know anything to do about anything when he had been raised the way he had? And, yeah. uh, you know, like I just had a, my mother, um, and they, they split up when I was 18. And then anyway, she's been writing her memoirs and, um, and over the years, I keep asking her things like, you know, like, did you ever do any work around like that? Oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm over that, blah, blah, blah. And I know she's not, you know, like, I know there's still like stuff that she's angry about and hurt about. And so in the process of writing her memoirs, and she had me, she had an editor, but the editor said, make sure your kids read this. And so I'm reading this, and I'm going, ah, this is like, you're writing bullshit, you know, like, I, I want there's more, there's more story. So I would just start asking questions in, in my edits, you know, or I even start making things up like I, because I knew there was more. And eventually she was able to tell the story about why she was attracted to this man and how he courted her and stuff. And I got to see like, oh, like there was this really sweet. And then, and then I could, then I started to make sense of, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, my dad sang all the time, you know, like he he played any kind of musical instrument you put in front of him, he learned how to play it, you know, he he brought music into my life, he was a dancer, he, yeah. he was all these things, and he was a pain in the ass, and he was an asshole, but he was also all of this other stuff. Yes. And so, and that helped me to basically make peace with myself when I started to see like, oh, yeah, I'm, I've got lots of things on my dad and he wasn't just an asshole. And sometimes some of the asshole things that he did that I judged him so harshly for, you know, I got to do it myself, Yeah, same. you know, yeah, and I got to, I got to see the pain on other people's faces or feel it in their hearts because I was just being some stupid ass, mm -hmm. you know, basically a teenager, but in a adult man's body, you know? Absolutely. And God forbid anybody condemn me like I've condemned my father. <laughs> yeah, well, I certainly, you know, that's my kids, you know, that's like, fuck, I don't ever want my kids to be thinking those, you know, like, yeah, I got I got to live right because because I don't want to leave that kind of legacy. But to go back to your conversations with your father, you know, there were some things that was just impossible to talk to him about. Like I wanted to ask him, like, 
like why did you have these affairs like why did you have an affair with the neighbor woman in this little tiny town you know on this yeah. basically dead-end street like why did you do that when when your family was so important to you you know like i know that it's pretty clear but you did that kind of dumb shit you know like but i couldn't have that kind of conversation because he i mean even <laughs> so when i was a kid we got spankings you know that was just how they did i don't think my parents were cruel or nasty they just you know that was just how you discipline kids and yeah. things never really you know were got out of hand or anything and um and i would it came up with my dad one time and he's like oh I never gave you a spanking. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> what? Of course you gave a spanking. No, no, I don't remember any of that. So, you know, that was part of his defense mechanism was just, yeah. um, I can't, you know, at, at this point in his life, he couldn't imagine physically hurting one of his family, you know, wow. and, and emotionally you talked about your, you know, your dad, maybe not having words for stuff. I mean, that, that, so my experience in men's group is one of the first things is just developing a vocabulary. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I feel something. Well, you know, what kind of words might it be? You know, besides anger and because anger is the easy one. You know? Easy peasy. <laughs> anyway, um, I did want to say, though, like you could feel your father and you could feel his discomfort. He didn't have to actually say the words. And yeah. Lots of times, and a lot of the, you know, the, the therapeutic approaches to this stuff that we're talking about has emphasized on men need to talk more. Mm. Women want men to talk more. And I don't think so. I think mm. what women need is for us to actually feel more, not go to anger right away, just because we're feeling something, yeah. but to have that heart open. Because once our heart is open, we're communicating. Yeah, absolutely. And so for guys out there who are listening who aren't as verbose as I am or comfortable with words, she still can feel you, but your practice is to keep your heart open mm -hmm. and not to go to that. And this is you know, what, some of my problems with the warrior thing is that we, we, we get defensive. Mm -hmm. I've got to protect my heart from you, even though I'm protecting you from the world. <laughs> you know anyway i think there's a lot that we could be doing with men where we could just be like like breathe open your heart feel each other feel how tense that guy feels feel how open he feels you know you don't need to have a bunch of words around it sometimes you just need to be with the feeling that's profound I've, i definitely i've read a couple books uh last couple months and um one was uh, Man Uncivilized and the other was uh, The Masculine in Relationship. And both books at some point said, if she can't feel you, like, that's it, you know? And that that is absolutely like what you just said. Like, we close our hearts and we can't feel ourselves. And if we're not feeling anything, right, we get closed off from our own emotions. She can't feel us. That's when like not 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 great prospects for the relationship so the practice well, of just opening up without the words necessarily being there like focusing on the opening up like yeah she'll be able to feel us and 
you're going to be wanting to, to just speak and communicate more. I feel that. And then it gets to sometimes we don't have the words, but she might. Mm. And it's actually trusting her. Like you talked about this before, you know, first we complain about her and her complaints. And then we get to a point of like, oh, she actually, she can, she knows me better than I know myself. What would happen if I actually just trusted that? Yes. Well, speaking for myself, that was like totally fucking crazy making like, how I'm going to trust her, you know, <laughs> like she had just been attacking me. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's getting, for me, it's been about, Whatever her attack is, it generally is about not feeling safe. Mm-hmm. If she's not feeling, so if, if, if my heart's closed and I'm not feeling, and I'm just like, well, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm good. You know, hey, I just put in like, you know, 10 hours. Like, don't get on my case about stuff. You know, like I'm looking after the relationship, you know, like I'm doing my part. And not, not hearing that, you know, like me doing 10, 12 hour days is not what she needs right now. What she needs is like for me to be soft and let her, let her feel how lonely she is, but for me to hold that and let her feel how unloved she's feeling and just hold that. And, and then, and then for for her, it passes, you know, like it just, it's just kind of, it's moving and just let that move. And then, and then, and then for her to start, doing what she does the magic she does which is to put give me the words or the the sensations or the touch or whatever it is that she does that makes me feel like oh yeah she understands you know like she knows that i'm doing my thing but you know i i have many uh many sins to um to repent here so (laughs) (laughs) same here brother same here (laughs) Oh, um, this is supposed to be an hour and a half show. We've spent a long time on me talking about my stuff around warrior stuff. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about in the last minutes or, or if there's somebody listening who we, we do have somebody here, Jimmy, if Jimmy's got any questions, he can put a hand up maybe. And, <laughs> and, um, Jimmy, what'd you get? <laughs> I have everything everywhere all at once. Um, I have no, I'm, I am but a uh, observer, man. I am but an observer. So just been listening to the dialogue. Uh, don't have anything necessarily to insert. I mean, I have perspectives, but, uh, you know, it's one thing to, you know, be invited into the space. Another thing to enter it with, uh, I don't know, questions or answers. So. I have nothing. I have me. I have me. I'm here. Hi. Hey. Uh, if you have a question, I'm more than happy to, you know, shoot a shot. But um, I'm just here, just here for the knowledge and the experience and expanding so, the uh, horizon. So would you like uh, would you like some questions, Jimmy? Would you like uh, Leroy to put you on the, one of those chairs? I don't know if Leroy wants to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> well, you got you got fifteen uh, minutes. Um, I mean, if uh, ooh, I got fifteen minutes and I need a phone charger. Um, I'm at one percent, but uh, I know Kitty. I found a friend. Oh, oh, 
Um, okay. Well, maybe if you're at one percent, we uh, we won't we won't go there today. Uh, but thanks, um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate the invitation. It's my way to uh, success. So always, <laughs> always appreciated. Always appreciated. Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've got a phone on a hand, but yeah, I'm uh, about there. About there. So thank you guys for sharing your time, your wisdom, your insights and experiences as uh, our experience. So I appreciate you both. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll see you guys one way or another. So I'll catch you on the flip side. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Later, man. Ah, uh, okay. So the last... Uh... Well, the last little bit of time here is mm. is yours to say whatever you want. You you've you've got a um, program that launches today. Um, can guys still sign up? Well, yeah, can guys oh, still yeah. sign up? So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just a, it's an ongoing thing. You sign up, and um, there there's a, a bit of a group aspect to it, and it's really more so so uh, I can support the guys in whatever part of the process they're in during the course. So it's going to be ongoing sign up and that's kind of uh, how I'm rocking with it for now. And uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have asked you to close with a short practice. Is this mm-hmm. a good time to do that? Yeah, I think it's a good time to do that. It'd probably be about four to six minutes, something along those lines. And I'm not sure you've, you've probably done something uh, like this before, uh, but it's going to be a bit of a body scan meditation where we're also going to do some tense and release. Yes. Before you go into it, I just want to say that if you, if you've listened to this long in the podcast, uh, thanks for staying with us. And I'm going to be uh, excerpting this and posting the practice to my YouTube channel. And if you, if you want to know what that is, I'll, I'll, I'll include a link um, uh, to that channel as well in, in the description. If you are interested in receiving the almost daily chapter that I write on this book I'm writing called The Apprenticeship to Love, uh, this month, February, Leroy's practice is going to be the suggested practice for every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to sign up for that, just uh, send, you can go to apprenticeship to, apprenticeshiptolove.com or you can send me an email and I'll um, get that to you. Okay, it's all yours. Le Roi, the king. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it, it's so we're gonna do a bit of a body scan with uh, some tense and release. Uh, it's cool that we talked about the warrior so much because of its connection with the body. That's the other way I like to think about it. Like warrior is very much body, magician very much mind, lover uh, very much your heart and emotions, king a combination of all the ones. Uh, but warrior. Uh, we know that we hold a lot of uh, energy in our body. We hold our trauma in our body. And uh, just uh, the, the tense and release is a great practice to try to move some of that energy. So uh, we'll kind of just kind of go into eyes closed or that, that nice, easy gaze. Settle into our seat. Feet on the ground. And slow into your breath down. Whatever kind of pace feels good and natural to you. 
And as we're settling in, really feeling your feet connected to the ground, whether you're wearing shoes or not, doing your best to spread those toes a bit, kind of like in, if you've ever done a mountain pose in yoga. They spread toes and feel your, your energy connecting to the earth. And if you're in a house or apartment, kind of feel yourself connected to the floor, that floor connected to the building, the building connected to the earth and a feeling your roots attaching to that building and going through that building into the earth. And as you're feeling grounded there, we'll kind of bring awareness to the very top of our head, our crown. And as you're maintaining that breath and that awareness is up there, you want to kind of squeeze that top part of your head nice tense and then letting go and as you let go trying to fully relax that area you're just tensing breathe into that area you can even imagine that energy kind of raining down the energy we wanted to release and move raining down through the rest of your body through those roots to the earth We'll do a couple more times of that top part of your head is squeeze, release, and feel that energy travel down. One final time, squeeze, release. So we have to kind of travel down the rest of our body, that same kind of action. We can go to the front of our face, kind of furrowing that brow and release. Two. Second round, go, furrowing that brow, release, and again, furrow, release. And as you're going for the tense part, perhaps you're inhaling, as you release, letting that breath out with a nice exhale. You do the back part of your head, so kind of squeeze in that back part of your head, release. Another squeeze, release, and another squeeze, release. Do the same with our jaw and really clench it and release. Round two, release. Round three, release. And we'll do the same traps upper part of your shoulders and it's almost like you're shrugging it up and then letting those shoulders just kind of fall let gravity take them again release one more time shrug it up and release we'll go to our chest muscles really flex them and let them go flex let it go, flex, and let it go. Same with your upper back muscles, kind of squeezing those scapula together and releasing. And just kind of let gravity take those arms back down. One more round, squeeze, and release. And take our arms, our, our shoulders, our biceps, our forearms, our fists. And go and make a fist. Squeeze those arms hard as you can. And let it go. 
Again. Let it go. Again. Let it go. We'll move down to our abs, our abdominals core. Squeezing those abs. And then letting it go. When you're letting that go, it's like you're taking that, that filling that belly up, but just kind of relaxing that belly. So let's squeeze those abs. And let it come out. We're not going to be posing for our Instagram picture. Really just let that gut come out. Squeeze. And last time, let it go. Now we're in the hip area, our glutes, perineum, groin area. I'm going to go ahead and squeeze all of that together so you should really feel, if you're seated, feel your butt kind of lifting you up out of the seat and then back down. So again, perineum, glutes, squeeze. Let it go. We'll go one more time, squeeze. And let it go. Moving down to our legs or our, our quads and our hamstrings, really squeezing and release. It's kind of hard to not squeeze your calves at the same time. So let's go ahead and squeeze those calves as well. So we're squeezing our, our front of our legs, back of our legs and calf muscles, same time, tense and release. Ooh, one more time, tense and release. And go ahead, flex those toes and back down. One more time. Relax. Last one. Relax. And we can just kind of settle back into our bodies. In a more chill, meditative state. <clears throat> Take a few more deep breaths with intention. And as you do so, just kind of do a, another body scan, maybe a quicker one. And you're just kind of taking a look at how your body feels. You feel, you all kind of know what it feels like to be tense and then let it go. Do you feel any kind of additional release that you had during the practice? Just kind of scan your body as you take about three or four more nice breaths. that done you just kind of bring a little bit of movement back the fingers the toes and gradually making your movements bigger whatever feels natural maybe you sway maybe you gotta rotate maybe you roll those shoulders whatever feels good <clears throat> with that we'll bring it back together hmm Thank you, Hans, for letting me share my practice with you guys. I just learned that one recently. It felt pretty solid. I feel, I feel a little, a little looser. How do you feel? I feel great. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, man. Thank you. And I just, again, any man who's listening to this, this is a great thing to do at the end of the workday before you go back to your own home, if you're alone, to the home you share with a woman or kids. 
some way of just letting all that stuff, all that tension that you carry around all day, especially if you're in that warrior (laughs) driving and struggling mode. They want to feel your strength, but they really want to feel your open heart. Oh, yeah. That was a great exercise. Thank you. Thank you you. for the space. Thank you for the space. So uh, I've really enjoyed this, uh, Leroy. Um, uh, Before I make my closing comments, I I just want to invite you back. I'd love to like explore some of the other archetypes. That was that was lovely for me to have you ask the questions and to demonstrate what that's like. Maybe for guys who might do work with you. Absolutely. Um, Give us your. How how do we get in touch with you? How How do we find you? Yeah, best way to do it is uh, there's email, which is Leroy at RoyFlashGordon.com. And then my Instagram is at RoyFlashGordon. Uh, and that's really the best place is where I hang out is where I post most of my content. And I uh, got a whole lot of links there uh, for all the ways that you can work with me, which again is the course, do one-on-one work. And of course, I also uh, do a little Reiki healing as well, which I really enjoyed and, and look forward to integrating more to uh, help men in their own healing and their practices as well. Okay. So guys, um, there's a lot, a lot there today. Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot more. And please check out what uh, Roy, Leroy, <laughs> Flash, <laughs> Gordon is uh, up to on Instagram. Um, it's inspiring. Thanks a lot again, Leroy. And uh, I look forward to doing follow-up stuff with you and good luck on what you're doing. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for what you do, Hans. And thank you for having me on. And I'm looking forward to follow-up as well. Bye-bye. Later.